Super freak, super freak. Bro, what the hell what? was that? <laughs> What's that? I don't know. I don't even know what this I'm guessing it's called Super Freak, but I heard it on the radio. It's been stuck in my head all day. <laughs> Do you know what? It's got to be so hard for you not to just sing that mid-podcast. I know. I'll do my best. Super freak, super freak. <laughs> Stuck on my head now. Yeah. <laughs> super freak. It's super freaky. So you know the song better than me. I can only remember that bit. Anyways. Uh, yeah, are we, we ready? To? Yeah. <laughs> watch film but i'd be honest i mean when i first started watching film i was just watching a game Hello everybody, welcome to the Primetime and Bailiff Show. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by me old buddy. What's going on? Well, it's good to see that you've been on the source today anyway. Um, but me, <laughs> I, I have had a day of training... Ikea and a little bit of Breaking Bad and now I find myself sat here talking to your good self and all the people at home. All three <laughs> of those things are could be the same thing. You know, Ikea <laughs> is like a slog, you know what I mean? And you, you kind of lose your whole self of, you know, your whole being in Ikea. Yeah. What were you doing around there, man? Looking for another display case for all those uh, jerseys? Yeah, and- basically, basically Ikea went to get some photo frames. Because I want to, fa- I want to frame up. Uh, I'm going to frame up some pictures of when we were at Lambo, when we were at Camp Randall. Mm-hmm. Uh, put my tickets inside the frame. So that that's I was looking for that, yeah. and some lighting stuff. And also, I've made another purchase to add to my collection. Oh Jesus! What now? Well, I decided to buy replicas of four of the four Super Bowl rings. Okay, so right. 66, 67, 96, 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I found that for about the same price, I could also get in the 19, uh, what was it, 1961 and one of the other ones as well. can't remember the other year it was. So basically I've got six. I've got four Super Bowl rings and two World Championship rings. And where do you get these from? Well, a contact in China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear Jesus. Right, so let's uh, face it. Let's was, face it. They're obviously going to be replica because I'm not rich and I can't buy actual Super Bowl rings. Yeah. So you know these Chinese guys. You know if they're not, if they're good for nothing else, and I'm, I know I'm not saying Jesus, that. Jesus, we're we're skirting some saying, weird line here. I think we've went over but, the line here. But no, 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 no. But the one thing they can do is you can say, look, I want this, and they can make you a perfect copy. And they've got a very good reputation for making replica Super Bowl rings and Lombardi trophies and all the rest of it. And some friends of mine have actually got some, and uh, they're they're awesome quality, and they look they look just like the real thing. Well, I tell you what, can you put in a request for maybe another Casey Hayward? Get them to reverse engineer him. Uh, maybe get us a Sam Shields, Jermichael Finley, and uh, package them all up. Say, you know, do them up nicely and uh, post them to Green Bay Packers, uh, Lombardi Avenue. Uh, would that be possible? Can they do it? Yeah, sure. I put I put the request in. I wonder what the price would be. Probably about two euro. Two euro. I spent well in their current state, but not in their prime. In the prime. <laughs> Hold on, I'm not valuing the players, or I'm talking about the market in China. So these rings, then, I mean, how much, how much did these set you back, or are you not willing to tell the, the lovely listeners out there? 
No, I like I like to keep that to myself, obviously. But in, in case the missiles listens to the podcast, right? <laughs> there's something something like that, or the accountant. <laughs> yeah, right. Which hey, is that's, you? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just like to stipulate at this point, I wasn't bought from UK Packers funding. No, but was there for a, for a moment there you thought I was cheating on you with another accountant? Yeah, I did a bit. Yeah, I got a kind of tingle in my willy. I thought. Uh, I thought stuff has gone pear shaped. I was thinking you tell me publicly. You know, like right. all those YouTube videos where the you know the proposal videos and stuff, and then she just pisses off. You know, <laughs> and people are like, "Oh, that was really uncomfortable." Repeat. You know, replay. I want to see that again. I tell you, uncomfortable. Good, good choice of word when you just came out with that. Do you think it's probably time to go Packers? Yeah, I think once you hit tingle in the willy, I think it's time to go Packers, which also gives people a tingle in the willy. Um, right now, I think we start with a once bit of a news back, round. You can't go back. Yeah. <laughs> We're really, you know what? We're really skirting the the edges of uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, but look, as long as people are still listening to the off season. But right now, um, news round time. Let's do it. What's the headlines, buddy? <laughs> oh, that sounds dramatic. Oh, that sounds BBC. Holy Jesus! That was, uh, yeah, that was a bit professional for my liking. But okay, yeah. we'll get we'll run with it. We'll run with it. Right, well, uh, let me mention this. Uh, well, look, we're going to mention the stuff that's made the news. And you know what, right? We've Clown of the Week. We've Fan of the Week. We've My Favourite, which is kind of old fart of the week, which you just are completely mm-hmm. against. Yeah, you hate it. Yeah, right? gives me grumpy face. Yeah, and we we need to have something like Shite of the Week because some of these articles that come out, you're like, oh, for God's sake. So we're going to mention the news, people, all right? But we can only mention what's kind of out there in the stratosphere, not unless we start making yeah. stuff up ourselves. So some of the stuff, Ryan, I'm going to mention it. And if you want to just say, you want to poo-poo it, I mean, you're welcome to do it. <laughs> it's just some of the stuff is just well, not interesting. Is it, is it not this time of the year? And because it's off-season and there's not a lot to talk about and, the, you know, the media guys have to go hunting for stories. But yeah. it's always as well, not quite related to the media, but it's always about this time. Those guys that are clever on Photoshop bring out the... Wouldn't it be great if the Packers wore these uniforms? You know, the oh, bit of fun, yeah. create something alternative, bit futuristic, something, you know, that maybe looks like an Oregon or a, mm. or a Seattle type sort of futuristic type thing. And yeah. then uh, and then everybody canes it, don't they? Everybody jumps in <laughs> saying, are you kidding me? The Green Bay Packers yeah. are not going for that kind of trash. That's not what we're about. And they go, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I was just sort of messing around because there's no football and yeah. You know, and then this poor guy that spent all this time is just at home getting cyber bullied by Pac Nation. So we, we should have one of them coming soon. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And it's usually probably the same picture. Because to be honest with you, I remember a few years ago we were kind of looking at these things and we were going, what? Really? Can they do this? Can they change the jersey? Jesus. And we put it out and then, you know, we got this massive response and we ro- rose up a Pac Nation. And went, yes, absolutely. It's a disgrace. Blah, 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 blah. And then every year after that, we saw something similar. We went, will we put it out? Yeah, might as well. And then we put it out again and the same visceral reaction. So, yeah, we're going to do it again. We're definitely going to do it again. If anybody out there wants to put, I don't know, the Packers in pink um, and say that this is a concept jersey, is the it's kind of your get-out-of-jail-free card, we'll put it out just to see the reaction. Because do you know what annoys me, right? And it's the same with these kind of football hipsters. And, oh, look, oh, yeah, I knew who Anthony Martial was before. You know, all this shite. You know, and you get these guys who go, oh, you can't change the green and gold jersey. It's iconic. Yes, it is. And, I, you know, I like the whole deal. But listen, it started off as blue and yellow. So, you know, get over yourself. And again, they change stuff. They've had throwback jerseys uh, before. Like, all of the throwback jerseys that you see now have been worn by the Packers before. So, you know, 
Like, don't take it so personal. You know, people think that you're just after stabbing their child. You know, just relax. It's a jersey. They can change it if they want. As long as it doesn't end up like the Seahawks jersey. Am I right? Are you that protective over the Packers jersey? Like, are you um, angry yeah, only, protective? Only, yeah, only because I'm tight, really. And I quite like the fact I never really have to buy any new jerseys because they all look the same. <laughs> yeah. From one, year, from one year to the next. And if a player leaves, yeah. then you just go, yeah, but he was a legend, weren't he? So I'm still wearing it. So yeah, that's friend. nice. <laughs> And let's face it, let's face it, compared to like, let, let's compare that now, American sports to, to English sports now. Yeah. Okay. English sports absolutely rinse their fans, don't they? They change the kit every year. They have maybe two or three kits, a goalkeeper kit, a training kit. Uh, oh, I don't know. I'm going to the park for ice cream kit. There's there's everything going on and it changes every year, right? And then in American sports, quite frankly, like my Spurs basketball jersey, my Green Bay jersey, uh, my Mets jersey. Basically, it's it's the same thing every year. So you you don't get rinsed every single year for for something new. And I think I quite like that. And even even the um the teams that have changed mm. recently, I'm thinking making big changes. I'm thinking like the Lions, Dolphins, Seattle, the Browns. You know those types of teams. They've changed it, but now they'll probably see them take take that change on now for the next however many years. And I think that's that's yeah. something that's good in American sport. Yeah, it's good. And you know what? Rugby's kind of like that as well. I, like when I was going to the Leinster games, if you saw someone there in a jersey that was 20 years old, it kind of made that guy a veteran fan. And you know that he wasn't a bandwagon fan that jumped on when Leinster got really good. Um, you know that he was there from the days when barely anybody was going to the RDS or whatever. So I like that kind of aspect. And there is that kind of element as well in American sports that if you go wearing, you know, a really old throwback jersey. It's like a Favre jersey is completely acceptable in Lambeau. And people look at it and go, yeah. Now, obviously, if you did that a while ago, you probably, you know, find yourself hanging from a lamppost. But, you know, nowadays, it's kind of trendy. But let's dig into some of this news. And again, yeah. I just the- wanted to tell you about something, actually. I might need a new uh, a new dictionary because I've just looked up bandwagon fan. There's just a picture of a Seattle Seahawks logo. I'm not I'm not sure that's, <laughs> that's is that correct. It, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like hieroglyphics. Yeah. You know, oh, that is correct. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> You need the Rosetta Anytime Stone. Anytime I can get a dig. Anytime I can get a dig at the Seacocks. It's not even a real bird. It doesn't no, exist. Not. No, it doesn't exist. Like their fans, you know. It's kind of fitting, isn't it, that the Seahawk isn't actually a bird and it's non-existent like their fans. But anyway, um, yeah, so apparently this is news item number one. And bear in mind, any other week these would just be comments, but apparently they're in news. So Aaron Rodgers has come out and said that Tom Brady is the GOAT, is the greatest of all time newsworthy ryan or is this a load of shite um yeah newsworthy because let's face it it's two greats of the game uh talking about each other but for me um and and don't get me wrong i've got a load of i've got a load of patriots fans and i think anybody that's a football fan no matter what team you support you've always got that mate that's a that's a new england fan and he has oh, yeah. to let you know about it all yeah. the time okay so as soon as that came out my new england friend matt he starts texting me with basically uh, screenshots and all the rest oh, of it. Jesus. Uh, and, and so I messaged him back. I said, yeah, you know, that's that's nice. That took him that long. So now I'm just waiting for Tom Brady to put out the statement about how uh, it was nice of Aaron Rodgers to say that I was the GOAT, actually. Bart Starr is the GOAT. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I messaged this guy back about Bart Starr, and he sort of went, well, why is that? Well, he won as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady has in what's well, how long has he been going now? Seventeen seasons. Sixteen seasons. I Sixteen. Think, yeah. mm. Okay. And Bart Starr did won this many in seven seasons. Yeah. So, come on. In a league just that was wait. a non-passing league too. So. Yeah. Just waiting now. Just waiting now. Any any day now. 
right? You're going to get one of them graphics come out that they're they're just churning out. They must have it like like be a bit more creative, NFL. Yeah, mm. the same meme goes out and it's a little bit down the bottom in white, and there's a statement, and then there's a picture of who they're talking about, and then under that there's the name of the person who made the statement, and it's always the same. And soon, you're gonna have a picture of Bart Starr, and it's gonna say, "Thanks, Aaron Rodgers, but the real goat is is Bart Starr." And then mm. under that it'll say Tom Brady, New England. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, any day. Hope so. And if it oh. doesn't come out, if it doesn't come out, we'll make it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we'll just put his name to it and say, there you go. Yeah. But do you know what? Uh, here's Is this newsworthy? I don't hate Tom Brady. I don't think he's a dick. Is that controversial? Everyone, everyone hates him for some reason. You cannot hate a man that is that good looking. <laughs> is that what it is? Is that fair? Yeah, fair enough. The thing is, I don't, I don't hate the Patriots. I'm not a Patriot hater at all. No. Right, and the only reason people hate the Patriots is because they're successful, and everybody hates success. Essentially, or they're jealous of it. Therefore, that jealousy becomes hate. Mm. So they've never really done anything, and then people will back it up by going, "Oh yeah, but they're cheating." Right. So the underinflated football that made next to no difference because they ran all over the opposition that game. Look at the stats; it's true. Yeah. And uh, and then the other one about videotaping the Jets uh, practices. I bet you just about every franchise has had a pop at doing that. It's just that the New England got bought. Yeah, but it was so, common practice. And I think it was only banned the year before that you weren't allowed to do it. So they just kept so doing it. Mm. So there you go. Old habits die hard. But there's a website out there that actually shows all of the cheating um, incidents that are linked to each team. And New England aren't up there as one of the top. And in fact, the Packers get a dumper load of you know, substance abuse and all that kind of gear and uh, oh, recording stuff. Yeah. So no, I mean, don't it's believe there. it. <laughs> yeah, there's your blind bias again, Rhino. It's blind bias. But um, yeah. No, so, sometimes it shows through. But I tell you, every team gets it. Yeah, I don't know why they hate them, and as well as that, something that really shocked me because I hate the Seahawks. I really hate them. Uh, but Marshawn Lynch, since he retired, and I actually got to know who he was. Hilarious. Goes a comic genius. But actually, if you start playing in the NFL again for the Seahawks, I'd say fair play. You go. I like him. Have you seen his stuff? Have you seen the thing with Bear Grylls? He goes wild with Bear Grylls. Uh, no, because that sounds like something I wouldn't watch. Dude, it's unbelievable. Anytime. Not... The only time I've seen Bear Grylls, right, he, mm. he's in some desert somewhere and he goes, oh, great, yeah. Fresh dung. Picks it up, <laughs> squeezes the water out of it straight into his mouth. Yeah. A huge piece of that. Let's say feces. Drops onto his cheek, narrowly missing his wide-open mouth that he is drinking shit water from, right? Yeah. Who wants to watch that? Just don't go and get dropped off in the desert. Yeah. If you go to the desert, end up in Las Vegas or something. You know, go somewhere where there's a hotel. <laughs> Have I missed the point? Have I missed the point yeah. of the program? Yeah, I, I think running wild. It's it's Bear Grill. Bear Grylls runs wild, you know, not goes wild, like, you know, that whole Cabo thing where he goes and lifts these and exposes these baps. But yeah, he does drink shy too much. But yeah, look, I, I think it's a story. Uh, A-Rod comes out and sort of... Because they, didn't they say that to Dan Marino? Didn't they say Dan Marino? I think it was Dan Marino. And they said to him, is Tom Brady the GOAT now? And he said, well, yeah, he's, he's good. But, uh, you know, and some people back in the day are, you know, it's like, okay, old timer, trying to hold on to the fact that you were good back in the day. But speaking of, uh, you know, greatest of all time, one of the best quarterbacks for the Packers is potentially retiring. Jay Cutler, thoughts? Yeah, uh, I've heard this. I find it strange that 
the Bears are trying to trade him because I'm sure they tried to trade him a few years back. Yeah. Um, when he was still as terrible a quarterback as he is now, but mm. before he's had this latest injury setback and nobody was really that interested then. I mean, off the top of my head now, and I hadn't really thought about it to now, who would want Jay Cutler? Mm. So surely nobody's going to pay a massive amount of money for him. Um, teams that may want him are teams with maybe either a very young uh, rookie quarterback or first-year quarterback maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, you'd probably have to think the Browns are sat there thinking about it just because the Browns are terrible when it comes to picking quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, it's diff- It's a difficult one, isn't it? Mm. Because surely Jay Cutler has now proved time and time again, with even when it, they had a good team at the Bears, when they've had those years where the team's been good, that Jay Cutler is prone to just pissing it all up, really. And you've got to think as well, there's not just the poor play and their injuries to think about, but... He's not a locker room guy. We've seen it. We've we've taken the mick out of it. We've tweeted about it. We've shown the video of him, you know, shouting at Lyman and pushing Lyman and acting moody and sulking on the bench and not paying attention to his coaches when they're trying to show him something. You know, do you really want that guy? He's been outplayed by his backups last year. I don't know, you know. It's every year they've proved, yeah. Yeah. Nobody's going to throw it. Somebody will bring him in. At, you know, he will get, if he doesn't retire, sorry. He won't get nobody will trade for him. So if he doesn't then retire and he does stay active in the league, somebody will probably bring him in over the off season. Mm. Um, but if you're a GM, do you really want to go near him? No. I mean, if it's... somebody said to you, if somebody gave you the choice, Manzel or Cutler, who are you going for? Oh, do you know? <laughs> well, uh, it depends on how much you uh, see cocaine as a bad thing. Um, he's an odd one, isn't he? I mean, he. Dan Hanses had an article on NFL.com about him, just sort of saying that he admires his doesn't give a shite attitude to a degree because he really honestly doesn't give two hoots. You know, he doesn't care what the the public think of him. Um, He doesn't care what the fans think of him. Uh, Apparently, he doesn't care what people in the locker room even think of him. He's pushing around his linemen, acting pissed off. There's a reason why they have the smoking Jay meme of the fag hanging out of his mouth. is because... You know, he's this sulky dude. But, Ryan, what's shocking about the whole deal... And, of course, they bring into the whole thing that he's soft because he went off in that 2010 NFC Championship game with an MCL sprain that people thought was kind of mediocre. Now, after that, people kept saying it was his thumb or something, that that's how soft he was. And then there's that whole joke that we put out. It shows Jay Cutler on the ground injured and it has someone standing over him saying, come on, Jay, that was only the coin toss. So, you know, he gets that reputation for being weak. But this guy has got... A ridiculous amount of money in, he, in his past. You know, he got a... What was it? He signed a seven-year, 126 million contract yeah. extension with the Bears with 54 million guaranteed. Yeah, and something like... Um, I think now he's still got four years of that contract left with some, yeah. some huge figure. I mean, none of it's guaranteed anymore. No. But he's still got four years left on the contract. I mean, we, we couldn't... We couldn't stop laughing when they gave him the seven year, and obviously that's proven to be quite the mistake, really, because it's been a complete waste of time. And there's been yeah. a number of good quarterbacks drafted by other teams. But I mean, not that I'm complaining. I'm just saying, you know, if you're a Bears fan, you got to look at it and wonder what's going on. But mm. for a Packers fan, the only thing that's bad for us is, you know, he's probably been our third best quarterback um, for, for for Green Bay in terms of receptions uh, to, to guys in green and gold over the past what five six years. So yeah. But then, Maybe if you look, yeah. But and then, if you look at it lately, I mean, the Bears have kind of been a non-factor. He's almost taken the fun out of the 
Packers-Bears rivalry because they just haven't been up against us. And I know if you, like, as we've had plenty of Packers players on the podcast and it's always the deal like, oh, who is the, the biggest rival for you? And they always say the Bears. And I was like, sort of, you know, really, even now, you know, and they were like, yeah, yeah, it's always the Bears because it's just their fans and it's a stadium and it's hostile and, you know, the the history of it goes back so long. But I don't get that vibe off it anymore. And maybe that's because we're over this side of the pond that, I don't know, and maybe it's just me. Maybe other people do feel the rivalry. But when I see a Bears came come up and I go, oh, big fixture, I'm kind of thinking it's like United Wigan, you know, or, or one of these teams, even though Wigan aren't in the league. But you know what I mean? Mm. But th- this is a... I, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, sorry. I, I absolutely get what you're saying. Um, but I don't know. I think, like, for example... They beat us last time um, when Brett Favre showed up at Lambeau. Um, you know, they they can still do the damage because, as we said before, even though they haven't been at their best in the past few years, mm. it's your biggest rival and therefore they come to play, we come to play, and um, you can never sort of doubt it. I get what you mean about it, it's taking the shine off. I mean, now you sort of look at the season and when you see the Seahawks game or you see, yeah, um, you know, I'm trying to think of another one top of my head, but... Um, like Seahawks has almost become a bigger rival just because of recent history and, and what it's meant. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the Bears will always still be that big factor, and I think as well, if they can get away from Jay Cutler and get themselves a decent quarterback, you know, and and they don't have to have a world beater at quarterback. They just need to have somebody decent that can stay on the field healthy, mm. um, somebody that will lead the locker room rather than divide it. Um, and and the Bears will be a better team for it. So we'll see what their future holds for them. Yeah, and uh, it's certainly not Cutler because when you look at it, he got paid that big money and since he got paid that big deal and since Phil Emery came out and said that he was a demonstrated winner who proved that he's the reason that you win, the Bears went 5-11, and 6-10, and 3-13 and, um, and he led the league in interceptions in the first year after getting that deal. So that's that's not a great endorsement. Win, yeah, <laughs> go you. Um so I suppose the next one is, is again another rivalry this is a story that just won't go away and we addressed it on the last podcast and it's just it keeps coming up in the media Ryan and I pro- we can probably give one sentence to this each people keep banging on about Adrian Peterson to the Packers has your attitude changed to the whole deal? No not really and I think this is look let's face it this time of the year is there's not a great deal of news to report on um, and what you do get is scraps and then the rest of it is um <laughs> Basically, is conjecture, is that the correct word there? That's correct. We just sort of basically yeah. make up an educated guess, yeah? Yeah. See, look, I did I did go to school once. <laughs> right, so basically, you can go to yourself, um, you can basically say to yourself, like, uh, I don't know, the Packers need a running back. So any running back that may now be available, they will, they're, they're going. I mean, we saw it again this week. So Peterson's been everything so far, and then that's kind of gone off a little bit, still a couple of murmurs there. And then this week's been Latavius Murray from Oakland. Yep. But he's basically just getting linked with any team that needs a running game. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 easy as a reporter to go out there and go, right, so-and-so's coming to the end of contract, there's a free agent, there's this, that's up for trade. Mm. Right, so this is easy. Link them all with the Packers. There you go. There's four, four headlines uh, for the next couple of weeks. It's... It's easy, lazy reporting, and yeah. I can't see us picking up a free agent running back. I think we'll draft one, mm. but why would you pick up a free agent one when you have uh, Montgomery, Christian Michael, Eddie Lacy? Yeah. You don't need a free agent running back. You need to pick up somebody like, uh, 
in the draft and then add it to that mix and then see out of the four guys who you're keeping. Yeah, no, agreed. And that, that's the thing. I mean, you have to preface it on, do they bring Eddie Lacy back? If Lacy's back, it's, it's a done deal. But I don't see why, because I think certainly the tact that they will take with Lacey is is that look I don't know what your trade value or market value out there is going to be you're perpetually injured you have off-field issues with weight uh, some people say with attitude um, you know he's a quiet guy so he doesn't do himself any injustices by being in the media because honestly we were out with his agent and talking to his agent and he was going to give us an interview and this went back and forward for about two years solid I'd say three years um, it, yeah, it feels like for as long as we've been doing this, we've nearly had him. <laughs> yeah, because he made one of the pictures that Luke Beauchamp did for us for one of our t-shirts in the store. He made that his avatar, which was amazing. So we we're like, Jesus, we've hit the big time already. And uh, we said to his agent, you know, he's made his air picture, his avatar. So obviously he likes what we do. And we were conversing with him in D- on DM. We were going back and forward a few messages. We even sent him a t-shirt, which he apparently didn't get and we went out to his agent again going you know this is about three years in the making can we please have that interview now it'll be great you know but they just there was a no-go because apparently he just doesn't give interviews so you know he hasn't done himself an injustice there but if they bring him back and again this adrian peterson thing it's a total non-story but ryan i think adrian peterson's age comes into all of this yeah, it does. And uh, I have a feeling I know where you're going with that. So I'm going to answer it seriously <laughs> and then see what you do afterwards. But <laughs> yes, his age comes into it. Yes, his injuries come into it. He's still one of the league's premier running backs. He's going to want big money. He's not coming to the Packers. Is that fair? So you you don't uh, don't think he's too old right now? <laughs> no. As I've said before, I think there's players in the league that have played to a ripe old age and have still been an effective part. So I would never play age. Okay. As I think, Julius Peppers being one of them. Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. All right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I just, I just. I know exactly to... what you're up to, and the listeners at home know what you're up to as well. Yeah. I get it. Let's all I... me come on, listeners. What do you reckon? You're listening to the podcast. Let us know. Mm. Do you think that sometimes some players are cut too soon? I mean. Are players cut too soon in favour of young players coming up through the draft mm. just because people are scared that what if it all goes wrong that next year? Mm. Um, or, I don't know, give us some examples of players that have played on into their older years and still been effective. As I mentioned last week, Kevin Green being one of them still was a leader at his position um, yeah. in, into his later years. So, Steve, you're not winning this one. I'm winning this one, and I'm pretty confident the listeners will agree with moi. Okay, there you I, go. A little okay. bit of, little bit okay. of French for you as well. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I just think farts right. are funny, but if I, I'm okay, I won't play. It's fine. So, again, this is another... I don't know how much I have to offer to this one. The Packers have signed Matt Malaspina as their college scout. Is this a world breaker for you? Is this breaking news? Should we have tweeted this, this is, out immediately? Uh, this is a bit of a no story. I think, firstly, do you want to explain to the guys who this is? Because there might be some people that miss this one altogether. Yeah, uh, they likely did. This guy is from the Niners. He was with them for nine or 11 years or whatever. And he's come across now to be a college scout for the Packers. But to be honest with you, to take anybody from the Niners, you know? Yeah. See, this worries me that we're getting a scout, right? Now, obviously, I'm guessing everybody out there knows what scout does. A scout goes out there and evaluates talent, okay? Yeah. And as C just said there, we signed him from the Niners. 
So he's evaluating talent for the 49ers that had pretty much zero talent <laughs> last year. Yeah. So there's either, I mean, I don't know here. He's either the one diamond in the rough at the mm. Niners or he's responsible for how crap they were. <laughs> I mean, that's harsh. Obviously, he's not <laughs> wholly responsible. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's probably a bit harsh, actually, thinking about it. So sorry, bro, I know you're listening. Um, <laughs> All right, Matt, what's going on, buddy? Yeah. So do you know what? I, I'm going to put it down. I think he's the diamond in the rough at the 49ers. He obviously wanted to get out and go somewhere that was worthwhile. So, yeah. But in terms of it being news, I mean, if this happened during the season, mm-hmm. would they even bother reporting on the fact that we signed a scout? Yeah. Yeah, they'd be like, who? But they signed him. He, you know, he has pedigree, in fairness. He's 11 years with the Niners. Uh, he spent three of those as the director of college scouting. So he was the top dude. And um, before he was there, I think he was a scout for the Seahawks for like five or six years. And before that, then yeah, he worked for the Panthers evaluating college players. So, I mean, the guy's been doing it for a very long time. So it goes to show that the Packers do really go for experience, which is exactly why they need to hire myself and Ryan uh, to get in and uh, do some podcast and do some uh, do some across the pond stuff. But anyway, I digress. Here is some actual news, uh, some big news. The Packers were awarded their compensatory picks. Now, Ryan, we only got one. Uh, are you happy with it? In the fact that we only got one, yes, because I think the only other guy that was up for maybe um, consideration was Scott Tolzien, but yeah. um, we didn't get anything for him. Um, we did, however, get one for Casey Haywood. Now, mm. it's a fifth-round pick, okay, which is apparently the 184th overall pick, and... It's quite low for for the fact that Casey Hayward made a massive difference to the Chargers' offense last year. You know, we we all saw every single week when we were having problems at corner that he seemed to to be to be just stacking up on interceptions week after week. So it seems quite low, but let's face it, TT. Uh, I know he gets a lot of uh, bad press from, from a lot of people at times. Um, but look at last season; his picks were Blake Martinez and Dean Lowry. For coming from compensatory picks, sorry. And um, Mike Daniels was also a compensatory pick going back some years now. Can't remember what year. So he's he can do this time and time again. So it might only be a fifth-round pick. I think it's a bit low for, for what Casey Hayward achieved. But TT hopefully works his magic and turns it into a big pick. So we'll see what happens. Plus as well, I think uh, I'm told this is the first year you can now start to trade your compensatory picks which you weren't allowed to do before yeah so we'll see we'll see what he does there that's a big deal and if anything that you know tt likes to collect draft picks like pokemon cards you know he he loves them exactly like you said ryan i think it's important now usually compensatory picks no one gets too excited but you're just after mentioning there mike daniels blake martinez uh i mean two world beaters richard rogers was also a compensatory pick in 2014 and josh Sitton was a compensatory pick in 2008 um so everyone gets excited about that and then you realize that Marshall Newhouse was also one and no one gets too excited about him and then people start weeping when you remind them that Jared Aberderis was also a compensatory pick uh well it just goes to show that this anybody who thinks that compensatory picks to the Packers who cares it's not a who cares moment really because you can see what we can do with them and then on top of that the Packers are the second team with the most compensatory picks meaning that we've given away a dump load of people in free agency 
um, to, to go mm-hmm. and earn these because there's a formula that they use to calculate these and it goes to, you know, what impact did you have on your team? You know, how much of a contract and how much money was on that contract? Uh, playing time, any league honours? And we know that Hayward went to the Pro Bowl and as you said, Scott Talzin didn't do anything or we would have got one for him. But we're only behind Baltimore on the list of amount of compensatory picks that we've got since it began in 94. Uh, so we've had 38 since then. Baltimore have 48, which is considerably more. But it goes to show, Ryan, doesn't that? I mean, if anyone's sort of questioning the way the Packers operate, and I would hazard a guess to say that the majority of those that we've got have been in the Ted Thompson era. Someone out there proved me wrong. And it's it's telling, like you say as well, these picks have been around since 1994 and it's only now this year that they've been eligible to be able to be traded. So again, it's kind of the NFL trying to shake things up, make it sexy. I think the last thing that we hit on, on the news here is that... Um, some dude is after netting himself some absolute... Now, you like your history. You like your signed merch. Uh, so do I. I'm a big history buff. Some dude... Um, I don't know. I'll try to find his name. But he's after buying um, the Packers franchise cert from way back in the yeah. day for the formation of the Packers. And he's after getting it uh, for a very... Like a, a tiny price in comparison to what they said. Was it, it was something like $21,000, was it? It's so, yeah something like that I thought it was it's, I think it was they were willing to go up as far as 60 grand for it but he ended up Crazy. getting it for what was it 17 grand plus a 15% buyer's premium so all in all he got it for 19,550 so right. it, it's crazy the franchise cert that was issued to the Packers by the NFL uh, the president back then was Joe Carr so when they became a community owned team so it's dated as 1923 uh, is what they think well Cliff Crystal and the Packers thinks that it's 1923 I think he said whereas it's meant to be dated 1921 and um, it's not really known but again this thing is worth a dumper load of money and they say it's probably uh, the most famous Packers and most significant Packers historical item that exists and he's after getting it for that price crazy it's mad isn't it yeah they said that you literally cannot put a price on it and yet they have done because yeah. he bought it for that price <laughs> and it's, yeah, and so it's I love not... I love that article I read. It said this is priceless, and he bought it for seventeen thousand. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So it's worth seventeen thousand dollars. I get yeah. what they're saying. Obviously, I'm just you know, I'm just joshing with you. Just joshing, pulling your leg and stuff. But that, but they said it was amazing that it, you know it's the same auction that a 1996 Brett Favre Player of the Year trophy went for over forty grand. But the most significant p- document in Packers history went, you know, for less than half that, which is is yeah. pretty nuts. It goes to show you really uh, not. Which one would you taken? Which one would you have taken if oh, you had that kind of money to just throw around? You know, which you know, prime time. Obviously, I do. I don't. Oh, which I he really does don't. on a daily basis. On yeah. the day, yeah. <laughs> on the daily, uh, that's my pocket money in it. Um, yeah, I definitely go for that search. I just think. You know, because look how proud... Look, look, Ryan, I'd be absolutely amazed, flabbergasted, if I was able to get a shareholder cert over here, oh, which you can't yeah. get outside the US. So imagine getting the initial formation doc, signed yellowed piece of paper in a frame up on your wall. Dear mm-hmm. Jesus, amazing. What about you? Well, You'd probably go for the same, well, right? Yeah, I think I, think I would, because, I mean, that'd be crazy, wouldn't it? But I think it would almost be sacrilege to take it out of Green Bay. So I might have to buy it, own it, and then... I don't know, maybe put it in the Packers Hall of Fame, I think. It'd be the only right thing to do with it. To, to, to bring it over here, stick it on my wall in England would be unfair to all those fans. So, And uh, when we were in Lambeau, mm. we asked about that shareholder certificate and we said, you know, 
next time there's a sale, are you going to open it up to international sellers? Yeah. And uh, of course, the guy said, well, you know, it's really not my decision. I'm just doing the stadium tour, mate. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not the president. And I was like, okay, yeah, all right, fair enough. But we asked mm. the question anyway. Um, there was a hell of a lot of interest. So if anybody is listening over there, uh, we really want to buy them. And uh, I know some guys in the UK do have them. Um, and they've tweeted us pictures of them, and they've obviously got somebody in the States to maybe buy it in their name and send it over or whatever. So certainly it's something I'd love to get. I and mean, if we ever got the opportunity, then uh, we'd jump at it. Yeah, and apparently the rule is, is that it's some SEC rule that you can't, you know, if you're selling shares that actually don't have any dividends, uh, you don't have any voting rights, you're allowed to go to the meeting, but you can't actually make any decisions that, you know, there's some rule that you can't sell them outside of america for tax reasons or whatever so it doesn't look likely but as you said if you can register an address somehow in the states that you have relatives over there you can re- register that as your address and you can get around the rules that way but yeah, certainly yeah i think they we... should they should just make us honorary shouldn't they just honorary yeah. members just please yeah it'd be lovely thank you because <laughs> we know mark murphy listens who we actually had yeah. in the podcast like, how you, you know doing what? mark yeah, Mark. Uh, I, I know that people think we're taking the piss sometimes when we say people are on the podcast, but actually go back on iTunes and look at the people that we've had. We've had some they stellar really names. They really are there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really true. Exists. And it's not just you doing funny accents. Yeah, I can do some of them. Yeah, which we, you know, let's leave that till uh, the next off-season podcast. But come here, uh, Rhino, time for Clown of the Week. <laughs> Clown of the Week. Right, uh, Clown of the Week is a series, well, last week we kind of had an honorary clown, which was like a clown for life. He was the first ballot clown of famer um, in the clown <laughs> uh, hall of fame here, and it was yeah. Skip Bayless. Uh, but I think it's not always going to be someone in the media. We're actually going to go very close to home with this one, and we don't want to mention who it is, and we want to make sure that we don't insult anybody, um, because we are grateful for every single fan that we have, and every person that has submitted an application for the membership charter. So basically, and I'll let Rhino take over um, and announce the clown now in two seconds, but basically, if you haven't listened to the last podcast, shame on you, kicking the tits. Uh, but basically what it is, is we want people to get an official membership number because we always get asked by, you know, the Packers organization or anybody out there and they ask us, how many members do you have? And we go, well, we've 9,000 people on Twitter and 12,500 people on Instagram and yada. But whether we can count those people as actual members because you know probably a hundred of those are porn accounts you know maybe seven people are probably dead um, and we can't really count those as members so and maybe two of those are are dead porn accounts so you know we wanted a proper membership charter of people and locations so that if some guy is coming over and says i'm hitting up london i want to head out on the tear you know what parker fans are around that we can actually locate where our parker fans are and give you a membership number and everybody has a bit of ownership uh, to the UK Packers, similar to the Packers organization. So, do you know what? And this is what we didn't expect, is that people are coming in and requesting numbers between 1 and 99 because they want to pair it with their favorite Packer player, which is fine, right? You're entitled to do it, and you have to understand that we've got maybe four to 500 uh, membership requests, and we're trying to sift through them, and it's taken a while. And Ryan, we don't mind that, do we? But there are things that we do mind. Yeah. Uh, there was one particular request uh, who said, give me 007. Yeah. Uh, can and- you imagine that's his accent? Because I've never spoke to him. But um, yeah. that was that was the tweet. <laughs> yeah. You can give me 007. 
And bear so, in mind, we've never heard this guy before, have we? Like we've had, we have fans that we recognise, but we—I've never seen this guy before in my life. No, no. So, look, dude, we will do our best to get everybody numbers, and people can request numbers, and hopefully, some of you really will get the numbers you want. But yeah, this guy, unfortunately, dude, coming in, you can give me double oh seven. Yeah, and and the thing about it is, is that anybody who comes in and is a bit rude, right? Because you know where in Spanish you don't say "Can I have?" you say "Give me wine," and then you say "Thank you" at the end, right? Not in that accent. Um, so some people just have a rubbish Spanish accent. Can you give me some wine, please? That's probably Italian. Like, hey, give me give me some wine, gringo, eh? <laughs> yeah, quiero vino. But um, <laughs> I I think the thing is, I, I think we're just insulting all nations here, but. It's fine Apologies, if you come in. Me- Mexico, because yeah. I think I went Mexico. Apologies. Yeah. Look, first Trump and now you. I mean, the world is falling around. No, I, love, around. I love Mexico. I've been to Mexico, man. I am basically <laughs> Mexican. <laughs> Dear G. All right. We're really slating all nations here. But the thing about this clown, and why he makes clown of the week, is not because he just came in demanding a number, because we've had a few people do that. And again, we want to accommodate, because we do feel lucky that we have so many people that are actually requesting and really want to be part of this whole thing. Is that he came in and sort of said, so I just I was sifting through late one night the the place names and I know that you probably really good at looking at some of the English ones, but if someone was to come in and say Balanakura, Terman Fekin, you'd be thinking where in the Jesus hell is that in Ireland? So I was getting that kind Cuomo. of treatment. Yeah, <laughs> is it? Yeah, so big town. Uh, shout out to Terman Fekin, which is actually in Louth here in Ireland. So if you were to go through Irish names, you'd be like, holy Jesus. And so people, when they were putting in their applications, didn't put, uh, you know, England or didn't put Shropshire or whatever, um, or Buckinghamshire. They just put the place, and one of the places was Barry. The other one was something upon something else. You know, there's always someone on someone else. So I just tweeted out from the account. <laughs> I was like... You know, it's it's really difficult for me, especially as an Irishman, to go in and try to decipher all this. This guy decided to uh, give me the advice. Hey, mate, why don't you Google it? And I'm like, I am Googling it. Just, You know, I'll, one of those guys, you just want to have a chat, an event with somebody, and then they try to tell you how to solve the world's problems. You're like, dude, like, piss off. I know, I, I know how to Google. I'm not looking for your advice on how to Google stuff. And then he comes in and says, anyway, most of the fans, 99% of them are going to be from the US. No! No, they're not from the US. The 99% of them are obviously from the UK and Ireland. And then I said, I, I don't know why, it just, you know when someone just naturally gets your goat up? So he just pissed me off. So I just went, dude, 99% of us are in the UK and Ireland. It's the UK and Irish Packers. And he went, okay, stand corrected. Give me 007. And I was like, what? No, just one of those yeah. people that just, even his mom finds him irritate, you know. To use to use a phrase from a very famous Irishman, Steve, and I think you'll appreciate, who the f*** is that guy? <laughs> You're doing nothing. You're doing nothing. Yeah. You have to <laughs> get about the beep good. machine again. But yeah, just yeah. just some dude, you know, because we do, because look, we're going to have to do a, a podcast maybe in the off season of what it's actually like behind the scenes to run the fan group because we've met some absolutely life-changing people you know some friends for life and some of them are only digital some of them ha- actually have never arrived and came to any of our events but they're just absolutely lovely people with breathtaking stories you know you can, we can name some off the top of the dome Kurt Kozad is one uh, the guy's just an absolute legend and we've never met him but you know, we spoke to him on and off on various mediums, Ryan, haven't we? And he's just an absolutely yeah. lovely guy. But then I think you would... we go as far to say that he's almost the godfather for mm. the UK Packers. He's like, yeah. 
Yeah, if there was a Packers crime boss, it'd be that guy. <laughs> and that, and he's got this awesome Packers run. It'd be like his oh, underground yeah. lair for just planning crazy shit. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we see I him just... as like a, maybe a surrogate father. Yeah. I just I just weep when I see his Packers room. He's got an unbelievable amount of Packers merch. He's the guy who wears the fire helmet. Uh, he's good friends, but an awful lot of the Packers players. He's he's able to skirt that um, that thing of being a super fan, but not being an absolute freak. You know, like not being that guy who like tries to friend the quarterback's grandmother. He he's the guy who's just he's a fanatic, but he gets to know the fans and they really love him. And you know, he doesn't kind of give his life away, but like the flip side of that is is don't we get some real sometimes you know like you get people who don't follow the group particularly and we've tweeted out for this this is a, this is a big one we've we tweet out for 14 weeks in a row 1700 times a day about an NFL fantasy league that we're doing for the UK Packers we've filled 17 leagues um and we're sick and tired of it we actually have people tweeting at us telling us lads please shut the hell up about this fantasy thing no one cares anymore and then we get one tweet that comes in after that by a guy who says, lads, great idea. And we're like, yeah, you should do fantasy. And we're just like, oh, for <laughs> Jesus sake. Jesus. So is that rant over? Yeah, I don't mean, like, we're not, I don't mean to sound ungrateful. Like, you know, 99% of the people that we come across are great. But just that guy gets clown of the week because, I mean, you know, just what a tool bag. But anyway, um, I think what we'll do is, is uh, I think we'll skirt quickly um because we got that kind of ran on uh, the banter just kept going there i think what we'll do is ryan we'll skirt gently a bit of free agency action but i think we should hit on the o-line ryan um it came out in the news again uh this week that tj lang has not been contacted yet by the packers despite the fact that he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in about two weeks time is that worrying you or do you think that they will reach out to him do you think they should reach out to him i think what will happen now is it's 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 becoming maybe more apparent that he will be allowed to test free agency. Uh, I think the Packers will put an offer in, but mm. I think the Packers have already shown their hand. They're not going to be putting any massive money in there. So, yeah. Um, I mean, TJ's come out and says he wants to be in Green Bay, um, but unfortunately, I think uh, I think the uh, dollar bills talk, and so if somebody's going to hand him a whole load of them, then I mean, look, compare it to this. Right, what what Premier League football player actually wants to go and play in the Chinese Super League? But if somebody throws them thirty million pounds a year to do it, they'll go and play there because it's thirty million pounds for a year's work. So you have to sort of see it in the same way that the guys want to be in Green Bay, but at the same time, if someone's going to offer them a silly amount of money to go and play somewhere else, I mean, he's he's proven his point as being one of the best OLs in the in the league. You know he has he has his Super Bowl, um, and so unfortunately now I think the Packers will probably lowball him uh, and maybe go for some of the younger guys. But uh, hopefully that doesn't include our man Don Barkley. Dear Jesus, no, because he's also hitting unrestricted free agency. And yeah, I, you know if they were to pick Don Barkley over TJ Lang, which I don't think that they'll do. Um, I reckon Don Barkley's gone, and I reckon TJ Lang. Because look, anybody who says oh no TJ Lang they won't get rid of him because that's why they let Sitton go no I mean they put TJ Lang and Josh Sitton on warning before training camp last year and said to them we are prioritising the younger guys 
Um, and again, there was loads of stuff on Bleacher Report, and we had strongly considered adding some writers from Bleacher Report uh, to the Clown of the Week because they were coming out saying, oh, he's an old man now. And you're kind of thinking, he's 29 and he has to stand on the line. And yes, you know, there has been concerns over injuries and this, that, and the other. Uh, but this is a guy who's just reached the Pro Bowl. You know, it's the same sort of clowns that come out and said that Josh Sitton uh, was an okay O-lineman. Uh, but, he, you know, he wasn't great. He wasn't a world beater. And then you realize he was like the fourth best in the league for the last number of years in his position. I think he went to the Pro Bowl three times. So, you know, it's the same type of clowns that come out with that type of stuff. But like you said, Ryan, uh, the dollars talk and his contract currently... Uh, he was getting about 5.2 million a year when he would have to be paid and his market value is about 8.3 on a new contract so whether they want to pay him that I don't know but I do see rumors around you know we have about 43 million uh, cap space left and we have some significant uh, you know unrestricted free agents that are going to hit now in March which we're going to talk about in future podcasts we wanted to hit on the O-line specifically in this podcast um, and there's people looking at the likes of Clay Matthews and saying, you know, he's got 15 million quid a year there or thereabouts. You know, do we see some moves elsewhere on the team to let people like that go? Is that, a, yeah. you know, is that blasphemy? But, you know, see, it remains to be seen. There's a lot of moves to be made. I've seen two different sort of ideas, just as you mentioned Clay Matthews there. One was that he's actually better suited now at this stage of his career to inside linebacker. Yeah. Um, people will have their own opinion on that. I'm not, you know, mine is... He's not that effective outside, so, you know, but we've got some good young guys now inside. Don't yeah. know. There's that option. Um, but the other sort of train of thought is that the Packers could look to trade him because somebody would be willing to take him. Um, and, of course, you know, then what can you get in return for a Clay Matthews? Somebody would be willing to give you something good for that. Um, it's just I don't know where exactly the rounds, you know, if they did picks, for example, where would those picks be? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's strange. I think with Clay Matthews, my gut feel is he'll still be on the roster next season. Um, whether they move him to inside or not, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll just have to, to wait and see on that one. Yeah, and I know like we've kind of got off topic uh, to get on to the likes of Clay, but I think anytime we are bringing up these topics, because we're going to try hit one grouping uh, per podcast or maybe even two, depending and I think we have to kind of half touch on other areas where we might see cash savings or shock moves. But again, for us and surely for all the fans out there, it's such a headache the offseason because there's so much shite out there about, oh, here's shock moves. One of them was is that they let TJ Lang go and that they signed some dude from the Lions. And your man was like, oh, let TJ go, but get this other guy. But he's also going to be expensive. Like, if the Packers are going to save a fiver by letting TJ go and getting in some douche from the Lions, you know, like, that's not going to happen. And you know, I hate all that sort of shitty art. And it is that, Ryan, isn't it? Don't we have to wade through this lark? And everyone... Because that's why we always refer to ourselves as a fan group and don't try to go down that media stretch, even though the podcast, you know, is pretty successful and... Uh, you know we were writing articles for a time for NBC in the States but we never tried to paint ourselves off as a media crowd because all they're looking for is that headline article uh, to try get a player to say something dumb and then to try get that 5 you know or 15 seconds of fame and that's not what we're after it's hard mm. the off season is difficult for that lark, fake news yeah fake news Tr- wherever <laughs> I heard that before um, <laughs> buzzword thing is though this, this uh, going back to your little jingle that you wanted to play earlier I mean we're talking about TJ Lang who's 29 just to get it back to the O-line and 
I don't know, will he be 30 by next year? But anyway, that's the age he is. He's there, right? That's not old, okay? Not too old that you want to kick him off your roster. So for me, I, I don't yeah, – I, I think what's happened is he will be somewhere else next year because we will lowball the offer. Mm. We allow him to test free agency, and then we're going to bring in somebody young, and then is it going to be a new guy, somebody that's currently on the roster? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. I didn't expect to lose sitting last year and then TJ this year. You know, that's two massive pieces going. Um, and I could, the, yeah, the only time I can think probably, I may be way off here, but just off the top of my head, I'm thinking the last time we had two huge players like that leave the O-line at around about the same time was probably what Tauscher and Clifton going back a few years now. Yeah. You know, and it does make a big difference. You don't get great players like that come around too often. And we're about to let two go. So they've got to be very confident that they can even, that they can replace them in the draft or they can replace them with somebody already on the roster. Yeah, and again, you'd like to have the faith and say that they would. And I know that fans have always been criticised about, you know, like that's why they call it a, and what do they call it, an armchair quarterback? You know, the guy who just sits there and it's the same in soccer, thinking that you can do better when you're really having a clue. So who are we to, you know, say that the Packers don't know what they're doing? But at the same time, this is a team that had Marshall Newhouse hanging around for too long. This is a team who have Don Barkley hanging around for too long. Uh, you know, and it's just, it's like we, we're always behind a banged-up O-line, and Aaron Rodgers is always running for his life, getting sacked a bit. And then we eventually got a good O-line, and they let sit and go. Now, a run game didn't take off last year, whether that was because Lacey got injured. Uh you know, but they, you know, and whether Kristen Michael was, you know, too wet around the ears when it came to the Packers' playbook and why they couldn't use him, but he seemed like a pretty direct runner. That as long as you open the hole for him, you know, and open that gap, that he's going to run through and beat somebody up. He was the top Seahawks rusher, uh, you know, so he has pedigree. So I don't know whether it's the fact that Sitton left and Lang, they say, was amazing at you know pass protection. So there was an article of, with Patrick when he came out and said that, uh, you know, he got injured, he was playing with a club, uh, but when he was dealing with the O-line coach, you know, he was learning to turn his hips in certain ways and just raise his pass protection game to a whole different level. Like, the Packers are always going to prioritise keeping Aaron Rodgers upright because he's the playmaker, he's the one who can make those magic plays happen. So the thing is, as long as they, I think they feel that they have pass protection, uh, they're not prioritising the run but I think that we need to we need to do that because you're a big fan of that, right? That sort of uh, play action pass. Um, so look, I, I think it remain to be seen whether they can have someone that can step in and do more than just pass protection. Um, yeah. But I tell you what, um, it's amazing the, how much uh, juice we squeeze out of this off season podcast. It's time, Rhino, isn't it, that we go and meet our fan of the week. Right, guys, it's our second week of doing Fan of the Week. We had Matt Tisdale last week, membership number three. Get yourself on the membership charter. And this week, we're really excited to uh, to have uh, John from Scotland on, whose real name is John Sturrock. John, what's going on, buddy? Uh, it's good. It's good. I don't get much of a Scottish accent, man. What's what's the story with that? No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, my family's from Scotland, um, going way, 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 way back. Um, my dad's uh, from Greenock. Uh, my mother's family's from okay. Alloa. So, uh, you know, we, 
goes way back in the east of Scotland. Um, but uh, my dad moved down for work uh, when he met my mother and they got married. And I ended up, believe it or not, I was actually born in North Wales. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> but That's the, one hell of a mix. <laughs> well, the good news about that was my grandfather was a real proper Scottish nationalist and he was he was prepared for my mother to be taken all the way up to Scotland so his first grandson could be born in Scotland. Yeah. But because I was born in Wales, that was okay because it wasn't England. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, Ryan, isn't he the quintessential UK Packer? He's got Scottish heritage, born in Wales, he lives in England. I mean, is there any Irish in you? <laughs> you uh, my, ex, my ex-wife is half Irish. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You have completed it. Yeah. <laughs> You've completed the game. Yeah. yeah. Madden-level so expert. Yeah. So for most of my life, I've lived up in the in the north of England. Um, currently live in Haslingdon, which is... Uh, Nearest town you might have heard of is Accrington, home of Accrington Stanley. Right. Who are they? It must have made that <laughs> yeah. I've actually been to see them a couple of times. My brother, who lives out in Virginia, he's uh, he's a big Accrington Stanley fan. He went to school in Accrington. So when he comes over, um, I take him up to Accrington Stanley for the football. But I go over and visit him in Virginia at a time working out so we can go up to the uh, go up to Washington game. Yeah, I, <laughs> nice. I think there's a big mismatch there, Rhino. I don't think it's fair for fair. You know what I mean? No, no it's pretty no. good. I prefer to watch Accrington as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've covered uh, who you are, anyway, John, and where you're from. Sure. But um, how'd you become a Packers fan? Right. Well, I'm one of the, the original UK Packers in that sense, that uh, for those who are of a certain age, um, in my mid-50s, um, I started watching American football when Channel 4 started up in 1982. Brilliant. So that first season, that was um, it wasn't a very good season in many respects because it was a strike-shortened season. So there were only about nine or ten regular season games. Yeah. So I didn't really pick a team as such there. I just kind of watched it and was trying to understand what the game was about and try and get my head around what they were trying to do on offence and defence, special teams and so on, how the scoring worked, about the four downs and all the rest of it. So really that first season was just a learning, learning the game season. And then... In the second season, in, in uh, 1983, there was a Monday night football game that they showed on Channel 4. And it was the game, it was a, one of the classic games. It was the Washington Redskins against the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Of course, Washington, the season before, had won the Super Bowl. They'd beaten Miami in the in the Super Bowl. So we were playing the defending Super Bowl champions. Of course, for those who remember, the 80s weren't a great time for Packers football. They, they were, really weren't very good. But this particular game, it ended up going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, a very offensive game. Neither defence seemed to be able to stop each other. It was like touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, backwards and forwards. The, the lead changed hands so many times, it was ridiculous. And it got to, uh, the Packers were up 48-47. And I think the Redskins had about two minutes, had to go the length of the field. They managed to get down into field goal range with just a few seconds left. The kicker went for the field goal, slipped and missed. And that was it, the end oh. of the game. I thought, well, that's just mad. That's got to be my team. I'm going to be supporting the Green Bay Packers. So from that's then it. onwards, I decided that's who I was going to support. That's a great story. Um, I, I wanted to ask you then, as, as as you said, you're a Packers fan of a certain age. Um, back in 1982, you start picking up the game, uh, become a Green Bay fan. What was it like back then trying to get the game? Was it solely dependent on that Channel 4 coverage? Or Pretty was much. there anything else you could do back then? Pretty much. Uh, initially, that was it, the Channel 4 coverage. I mean, a, a little bit after that, uh, probably a couple, three years after that, I discovered there was a newspaper that you could get. 
that came out once a week. Okay. It's called First Down. And that, nice. would give you, that would give you match reports for every game. So pretty much that was the way I could cover it. Uh, as sure. it got a bit later on into the early 90s, and we're talking still pre-internet days for me, but yeah. in the early 90s, um, Channel 4 used to do um, betting adverts, you know, okay. for the betting lines. So you could go on and watch the betting lines. So I used to sit there on a Sunday evening watching the betting on Channel 4 going round. <laughs> so, and every fourth page, the Packers score had come up. So I could follow <laughs> oh, right. what the game scores were. It's a bit sad, Brilliant. but that was there, the, you know what? where you could follow it live. Do you know what, John? We've probably got listeners going, what do they mean pre-internet? <laughs> yeah. What was pre-internet? Goddamn yeah. millennials. But come here, John. I mean, I massive fan. You went to all types of lengths, as you say, to try get the scores of the games. It was 14 years after you became a fan that you went to Lambo. Why the long wait? And was it everything? Did it build up over those 14 years? And were you blown away when you went to your first game? Well, it was actually longer than that. It was 2007 the first time I went to really? uh, Lambo. Well, yeah. Yeah, that was, the reason it was so long is because that was the first time I could actually afford to go. Right. Yeah. You know, I had a bit of, um, I'd been in and out of work for a, a couple of years before then. And I'd managed to get into work. I got a stable job. Um, then I'd moved to where I currently work. And uh, they said, oh, the local tax office says, oh, we owe you a tax rebate. I thought, oh, that's nice. <laughs> anyway, I thought, what can I do with this tax rebate? And it said, oh, That'll cover a flight to Green Bay. So all I've got to do is find some accommodation and get a ticket, and I might as well just go for the weekend. So that's what I did. I, I literally flew over to uh, Chicago, then up to Green Bay. Uh, I went on the Thursday. On the Friday, I went to Lamb- I walked from where I was staying, about three miles, um, crossed the Fox River, and then down, and got to Lambeau Field, which was just amazing. It was awesome just seeing this fantastic building in front of you you couldn't describe it yeah. really it was like a mecca it was like like going to mecca for me in a way because they meant so much to me and then i got there and spent the day at lambeau field you know had a, a beer and lunch in uh, curly's curly's pub um yeah and then i managed to do the stadium tour which was fantastic to be at the grand stadium tour i mean that that's fabulous i mean if, if people haven't done it there's there's one bit in the stadium tour i think you guys have probably both done it there's a bit in the stadium tour they take you down into the bowels of the stadium and you come out down where the Packers would come and they take you to the tunnel and there's that bit where they play the about the the, the play as if there's the crowd there and then the door opens up and you can walk out into Lambeau Field to all this like rapturous applause like you were the Packers that is just unbelievable that was the most awesome thing I've ever done that was the first time you do it especially one of my favourite bits about that going down in the tunnel, and, and and as you say, they're playing the noise and they start to open it, but they tell you the story, that plaque on the left-hand side, yeah. don't they? Yeah, that and, plaque um, is and, Yeah, and it's amazing. And do you know what, Nails, the amount of times you notice players, when you start to then watch a game knowing that that plaque's there and you start to see the players going over and it might be a brief moment touching it or, you know, Clay Matthews, they tell you, actually spend some time holding the plaque for quite some time. Um but there's just some really nice little touches in there that you you just you need to go and see. Yeah, um, it just makes little, it even more yeah. special. There's a little bit where there's the the stones in the floor that were actually yeah. brought over from City, uh, City Stadium, mm-hmm. which is over on the um, east side of Green Bay. Yeah, yeah that, that's as well. That's that's worth a little pop up there if you can do it. It's the is it the Green Bay East uh, School High School that, yeah. uh, that has that as their uh, ground now. 
you know, that that's another one that's well worth a, a pop round. Yeah, when we went over yeah. uh, last year, actually, we got uh, the keys to that and we went out onto the field and we were kicking field goals and catching passes. It was <laughs> unbelievable. And to know that Hudson himself would have pulled down a pass, my hero of mine was just spine-chilling. Um, but Ryan, yeah. we were talking earlier in the podcast just about getting to become a Packers shareholder. And John, you managed to have your hands on a share. How did that come about? Uh, I was quite lucky. I, mean, I, I missed out on the offer in 1997. I, yeah. I, I just there was no way I could afford it at that point. Um, I, was, I was a student at the time, so there's no way I was going to be able to do that. Um, but it came round to the the uh, offer in uh, is it 2011? Yeah. And uh, I thought, right, I'm I'm going to grab it this time. I've got the money. I can do it. It's a, it's yeah, it's a bit of an expense, but I want a share in the Packers. That's that's the ultimate thing for me to have, uh, to be a shareholder. Um, so I went on the website, and the, the problem was, if you live in the UK, they wouldn't let you have a share. You were only allowed yeah. to get a share if you could pay for it with an American credit card. Okay. Now this is where I have a slight advantage over certain people, because my brother lives in Virginia, and his wife has a credit card. And on the basis that I would deposit them $250 into their uh, PayPal account, they agreed to buy me the share, uh, hence why I got it. So uh, the share got delivered to them in Virginia. So that it's, it's in my name yeah. or it's their address. But then my brother, he came over for Christmas that year and he brought that share over for me. So I actually, that's what I got for my Christmas present to me was a share in the Green Bay Packers. Wow, that's uh, that's unbelievable, and it's definitely something. It means Steve, uh, we'll get one one day, won't we? <laughs> Tell us a bit about how you heard about us, um, and you know what what I guess the UK Packers, you know, does for you, if you like, um, or, or what it, what it's like now being part of this bigger picture that maybe back in 1982 with just the Channel Four and the newspaper that that wasn't there. Oh, it's nice. It's nice now because we, we seem to be getting a community developing in the UK. I mean, the Packers have always been pretty well supported in the UK. I remember walking around in the in the eighties and the nineties. You'd quite often see people walking around in in Packers gear, even then. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can tell that the number of people who are interested in going over to Green Bay as well. That's that's increasing, I think. And and the people over there are really welcoming of people coming from the UK. In fact, they they find it quite strange that people from the UK want to go there, but they they're really welcoming when you get there. So I really admire what you guys are trying to do in terms of trying to help Packers fans in the UK to get over there. Um, and yeah. I initially heard about yourselves. I think probably I, I picked up on on you through uh, Twitter because obviously I follow quite a lot of people who do podcasts and various other things on Twitter. And I think I think I saw like either retweets or mentions of yourselves, and that led me to the website and via the website I realised you're doing a podcast and I like listening to podcasts I listen to quite a few different ones so I thought well I'll give that a go because it's going to be an opinion that I can probably share and understand because I'm coming from a little bit outside although I regard myself as being a a fairly hardcore Packer fan nowadays but yeah uh, yeah, that's good I'm I'm glad you've done that because it hopefully it'll bring a community together I think this idea of having the membership is pretty good as well because it'll give people a bit more of a stake in it Exactly. And yes. I suppose we have to let it, yeah. uh, stop it there, Ryan, don't we? And we want to kind of end it on uh, John telling us, you have the Green Bay Packers share, but I think the pinnacle of all of our money mess. <laughs> uh, but I think, uh, do you want to tell the people what your membership number is? Yeah, my number is number 61. Nice. Which is, awesome. which is the year I was born, but it's also uh, Brett Good's number. <laughs> yeah. Legend. <laughs> the legend that is Brett Good. Yeah. 
long snapping. Yeah, guys, if you yeah, if you want to get into the NFL and you have no great skills, get big and just learn to long snap because there's <laughs> jobs out there. You can just do that, you know. And I'm pretty sure as well that you can't be hit while you're long snapping. Can you? There's something about it. You can't be rushed or something. <laughs> you kind of protected as well. I'm sure there is, unless I've got that completely wrong. So I think you're not protected after you snapped it off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then once you've snapped it and you stand up, then but no one can hit you then before. Drunk, so you've yeah. got to, you know, but usually by then, as long as you've done a decent snap, your punter's got it away, so you'll be all right. Yeah, snap and run. John, it was a pleasure <laughs> uh, speaking to you, absolutely. Hopefully that you'll keep continuing listening to the podcast and uh, supporting the UK Packers. Membership number 61. We hope to see you at an event that we have and maybe even going over to Lambeau this year if you can manage it. Uh, that's John Sterrick, who's our fan of the week number two. It's a pleasure. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks. Well, that was some uh, that was some great stuff. We've had two great fans of the week. If you want to be fan of the week, it's easy. Just go to the website, ukpackers.co.uk and hit the contact and just fill in your name, fan of the week. Give us a little blurb about why you should be on. We have had people uh, contact us about being fan of the week and with all this membership number, uh, you know, doing all that kind of stuff up, both of us have been absolutely smashed out of it. Uh, so we haven't got back to you yet but that doesn't mean that you're not in the run and we will be getting back to you soon and also your membership numbers won't be all going out at once we're going to go from one all the way down and that's something that we want to mention as well Rhino don't we that if you don't reach the top 99 which everyone wants to do it doesn't mean you're not in our affections it doesn't mean you're you know not one of the top 99 fans and if you get 401 that you don't mean anything to us that's not true at all it's it's whatever order that you kind of came in at we picked out some names of people that have been with us from way 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 back in the day so some people haven't come in looking for membership numbers uh, and again it's like when someone's on a an award show sorry if we've missed anybody and that's that's kind of what it comes down to right yeah and uh yeah we, we can only do our best obviously we know everybody wants a high number or a four or a 12 or a 52 or a 64 whatever you know but mm. we'll do our best but there are some guys that we sort of people in the background that sometimes you don't hear of that have, that have helped us out or given us advice or just like Steve said, just being there right from the very start that we kind of owe a few numbers to. So we are going to prioritize those guys and girls. Yeah. And again, like we said, we do truly love every one of you for coming in and being a part of this. And it, look, if you, if you don't get a number at the top 99, it doesn't mean anything because why it's taken us so long is because we're trying to sign numbers as we go along. And also we're going to individually email every single one of you to say, this is your membership number. This isn't going to be, we're going to have the membership charter up in time, but we're going to try email individually. And there's hundreds uh, that we need to get through and we just don't want to make a balls of it as well so everyone is going to get our individual attention so it's not as if you know you're not valued to us but i think uh, we'll call it a day uh there rhino uh it's been great talking to john it's been great yeah. ambling through the off season yeah uh, some of the news items that we have you know they're not going to be big time news items right but you know we'll do our best maybe we should even create some of our own news items um, so if anyone wants to send us in some fake news you know whether you're a fan out there or whether you work for cnn by all means do but from myself at steedd nfl on twitter from at ryan peacock nfl on twitter from at uk packers give us a follow subscribe on itunes give us a review um and don't teach your grandmother to suck eggs it's goodbye <laughs>